ESPN Radio. They certainly could work a man. They certainly could use his size, and he does everything. It's not like you have to, like, dramatically change your offense to incorporate him. If anything, he probably just helps your offense. And I'm saying to you that if Ben Simmons can give you 25 a game, looking the way he looked, I mean, he could shoot as poorly as he does. Love to see it. It shows up for 25 minutes, which it won't, I don't believe. But if it did, Brooklyn Nets going to the finals. Oh, yeah, that's why you're Brooklyn Nets going to the finals. ESPN Radio. This is ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas hanging out with you. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial, auto, and plenty more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. You can always tweet to us at AmberW790 at HDouglas83. You can also join the conversation on the Canty Colin line at 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. There are multiple playing games tonight. We have the NBA postseason beginning with the Cavs and the Nets. They tip off at 7 p.m. tonight and the Clippers and Timberwolves will follow that game at 9.30 p.m. tip off to talk about all things Nets, let's turn to the Canty Collin line where we find Ryan Rucco, Yes Network, and ESPN play-by-play announcer. And Ryan, I, I have to start here with you, though. Uh, our thoughts are with everybody in Brooklyn today because of what happened. A suspect is at large after 10 people were shot at a Brooklyn subway station. That was just a couple miles from Barclays Center. How is that uh, affecting the environment around the game tonight? Yeah, I mean, I think that the, um, you know, the, the feeling at, uh, around the Nets today certainly took on, um, you know, a, sort of a combination of being somewhat surreal and then, you know, somewhat somber. I think one thing that the organization has really uh, tried to do uh, since the move is, uh, you know, tap into the borough and really own being a Brooklyn team and, you know, the first uh, Brooklyn um, you know, major pro team since the Dodgers. And so, you know, anytime something happens in the community, I think it's felt by everyone there, but this, you know, especially so since it was, you know, just so close to the Nets practice facility um, and, uh, and obviously just, you know, uh, a, you know, ridiculous, maddening, you know, heartbreaking act of uh, endless violence. Ryan, it seems like the Nets are the one team uh, that's in the play and no one wants to face but they have to win this game tonight. Now, these two teams just faced recently deep in that ball game, eight eight minutes, 30 seconds left. It was 95 to 93. What's the feeling around the Brooklyn Nets? Do they feel like they got this one in the bag and or they have to come out here and hit on all cylinders? No, I think they feel like they have to play a great game. Um, I think they have a lot of respect for the Cavs. I think they have a lot of respect for Darius Garland. Um, I think they have a lot of respect for J.B. Bickerstaff. and. Uh, and they know this is an athletic team that can defend even without Jared Allen um, and that's going to play extraordinarily hard. I think the Nets also uh, have to have some humility about, you know, their struggles at home this season, uh, their inconsistency, you know, the periods of time where they're not locked in defensively. Uh, and you would think that the focus 
wouldn't be an issue in a game like this with stakes like this. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're, you know, tuned out for, you know, just a few possessions in a playoff game, you know, that can make or break it. So um, I think that the, the Nets have, uh, have great respect for just knowing that they, uh, they're going to have to bring it and they're going to have to be locked in the entire time. And then I do think they have incredible confidence uh, in their ability to go on a run. Uh, and, you know, they've been, you know, waiting for this time of year. Uh, it's been an extraordinarily irregular uh, uh, regular season. So uh, I think they're, they're excited for the opportunity ahead of them, but uh, not overlooking having to take care of business first things first tonight. This time of year, I know guard play is very, very vital. Um, you have Kyrie Irving for the uh, Brooklyn Nets, and then you have Darius Garland for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Do you think there's a possibility that Darius Garland can up Kyrie Irving tonight and get a win for the Cleveland Cavaliers? Yeah, oh, I, de- I definitely think there's a chance. Um, and I think Darius Garland, you know, could outplay Kyrie, but the Nets could still win as well. You know, I mean, I think that, um, you know, for for the Nets, when Kyrie shoots it really well um, and you're getting your normal production from KD, they're really hard to beat. Uh, but we've seen, especially as Kyrie just adapts to, you know, getting back uh, to playing regularly and, and sort of the strange cadence of his season. You know, we've seen him go on three-game stretches where he's shooting, you know, 65% from the floor and then, you know, four-game stretches where he's shooting 30% from the floor. So, you know, um, I think that it's certainly, you know, possible that he could have an off-shooting night and, and Darius, um, you know, takes on the role of, you know, running his entire team and, and trying to keep them in the right spot. Uh, one thing that I think does help Kyrie tonight is getting Goran Dragic back, even if it's just for a few minutes that alleviates some of the ball handling responsibilities, um, as well as maybe, you know, just uh, some minutes uh, so that Kyrie can just get a, get a breather and, and get a little uh, rest, which I think has been important as he's reacclimated to getting his full wind back uh, when it comes to NBA competition. So, I think that helps. The Nets also like to play Kyrie off the ball more than on it, uh, which is another area where getting Dragic back helps them. Uh, but I could definitely see Garland playing a fantastic game, win or lose. Ryan Rucco, Yes Network and ESPN play-by-play announcer talking all things Brooklyn Nets with Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas here on ESPN Radio. So, Ryan, Brooklyn's offense is tremendous. Defensively, there's some bigger question marks there. Ben Simmons maybe could be helpful in that regard. What is the latest on Ben Simmons? I mean, I think, you know, the what you're, you, you've started to hear over the last, uh, you know, few days, we saw the report from Woj, uh, uh, a couple days ago, and then I know Shams uh, talked about it today on the Pat McAfee show. Um, you know, there's definitely a feeling of increased activity around Simmons and increased optimism around him coming back. Uh, should the Nets advance to the first round or further? I think that, you know, internally, the Nets probably are, you know, not, you know, going nuts yet with the expectations that Simmons would be back in the first round because, you know, they've seen him ramp up to a certain point and then have a setback. And that was what, you know, sort of started this uh, chain of events. You know, originally it felt like Simmons was going to be back right after the all-star break or the first week of March. And then 
you know, as he was ramping up, it was a setback in his back that slowed things down. So I think that there's cautious uh, optimism right now, but I don't think anybody is ready to fully invest in him as a definite piece they're going to have until, uh, until it happens. Um, and in the meantime, it's, hey, you got Kevin Durant, you got Kyrie Irving. Those are two championship stars. Uh, you have some very capable role players around them. Go see what you can do. And if you get Simmons, yes, he will be absolutely a much uh, welcome piece and maybe the missing piece for them to go on a finals run. Uh, but it doesn't feel like anyone yet has circled the date on the calendar and said, hey, you know, we feel confident that by this date, he'll definitely be back. I think there's just a humility for the process um, of ramping him back up and just hoping that he doesn't have any more setbacks while also being optimistic more so than they were a few weeks ago because of uh, what they've seen in practice the last few days. Now, Ryan, people tell us all the time, especially coaches, do not look ahead. Respect your opponent. Now, the flip side of that is, Ryan, we're not going out there and playing. So the players can't look (laughs) ahead. We can do that in the media. You see the Nets win tonight. They will probably be matched. Well, they will be matched up with the Boston Celtics. How do you see that matchup faring? If the Nets win tonight and face Boston, I think they would have an excellent chance uh, to beat the Celtics. Um, I think that the Robert Williams injury really hurts in that matchup. We saw even in the playoffs last year where the Celtics were uh, really banged up, uh, they were able to give the Nets some issues earlier in the series when Robert Williams was on the floor. Uh, Then he got hurt. And that was a that was a massive loss uh, for Boston. Not that they were going to win that series last year anyway with Jalen Brown hurt, but uh, he was really a terror on the glass uh, for Boston. So I mean, I think if Robert Williams was healthy, I think you'd look at this year that series as um, you know probably a, a, a toss up series. I think without Robert Williams and with the potential of getting Ben Simmons back at some point during it, you'd look at it and say maybe. You know, you give the Nets a a slight edge. But one other thing, like Kyrie talks about how, you know, it's a really emotional experience every time he plays in Boston. Celtics would have the home court advantage in that series. Uh, So uh, that could be, you know, a factor as well. And, and, you know, I do still want to be respectful to the leaps that Tatum and Brown have taken this season. Uh, And what a great defensive team they are. What a great job Ime Udoka has done. So, I think I think that would be a six or seven game series where every game feels like a heavyweight fight. Well, before the Nets can do any of that, though, they have to try to get past the Cavs tonight. A really interesting matchup between two teams who finished the season with the same record, but I think came into the season with wildly different expectations about where they would end up. So Cavs Nets tonight, a 7 p.m. tip off. Ryan Rucco, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, you got it, guys. All the best and uh, enjoy the games tonight. Thank you. Coming up next, are we anywhere close to seeing LeBron James's window of dominance closing? We'll discuss. This is ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas. ESPN Radio. I think the areas where I saw that we could complement one another is Russ being, you know, the push guard that he is, being able to create tempo, me being the wing threat, getting on running, AD being a lob threat. I thought the reason why we were not very good together 
because we weren't on the damn floor here. Listen, this was a this was a disappointing Lakers season at every level. Our fans expect more. That's at every facet. The Lakers season is over. The question then becomes, how far away are we from the end of LeBron James's career? Harry Douglas, this is Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas here on ESPN Radio. The inevitable question when the Lakers season goes the way that this Lakers season went is going to be where are we at in LeBron's in LeBron's career? Like, are we past his prime, Harry? And it's a weird conversation to have because he had a fantastic season from a personal perspective, right? Over 30 points per game. I mean, maybe if he hadn't taken off the rest of the season with that uh, sore ankle, maybe he would have even been uh, the points per leader, the award going to Joel Embiid. He had over eight boards a game, 1.3 steals, 1.1 blocks. He shot 52.4% from the field, 35.9% from three. A fantastic personal season for LeBron James at 37 years old. But Harry... He played, what, 56 games out of 82? And some of that would have been by choice because we know how these guys operate in the NBA. But the reality (laughs) is that some of it was necessary for LeBron because he's just not quite as durable as he used to be. And how could you expect him to be putting up 30 every single night at 37 years old? So are we past the point of LeBron James's championship window? Oh, no. No, 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 no. You're not past his championship window because he is LeBron James. And last time I checked, when he's uh, there and healthy and has a healthy team, they have a chance to compete for a championship. Now, that wasn't this year, but once again, I said when his team is healthy. Now, LeBron in 2019 played 67 games of 71. 2020-2021 season, only 45 of 72. This year, he only played 56 of 82. Now, at the pace that LeBron is going at right now, do I think he can continue that pace? I'm going to be honest. Hell no. But that's why you have an Anthony Davis. Can't put all your marbles in on that. That's why you have a Russell Westbrook. They even play better down the stretch in the entire season. The supporting cast is so important. And we've seen the Lakers get rid of a ton of guys who made plays. Um, a Kyle Kuzma, a, 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 a KCP. Uh, Alex Caruso got rid of all these guys and now LeBron has had to pick up a lot of the weight because of the injuries of a lot of his teammates that cannot continue to transpire within the future of this team and LeBron now do I still think he can be dominant yes do I think people are scared of LeBron no not not at all I've seen that with Luka um, at one point during this season in late the fourth quarter when he was just taking it at LeBron uh, and Jason Kidd probably told him to because he was over there with the Lakers. Hey, go at LeBron. Let's sit him. Let let him rest on defense. Go at him, right? So, does he still have respect across the league? He does. Are people uh, fear? Do they fear LeBron? No. So, but I do. I do. I still believe that they can win a championship at some point with the right pieces around them. Do I think it's with Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook? Possibly, if they can get it to work and figure it out. Do I think it's going to happen next year? I don't. But maybe after that or years further, I just think LeBron James always has a chance when he's on the court because he has done it so many times over and over again. 
If you're asking me if LeBron James's window in terms of his prime is over, then I'm willing to entertain that conversation because he's certainly on the back end of his prime, if not past his prime. And that's not saying much, though, when we're talking about the greatest player of his generation. The greatest Mm -hmm. player of his generation being past his prime still means that he's one of the best players in the NBA. It just means that now where we're starting to see it is the wear and tear on his body at 37, which is totally reasonable, even if you spend a million dollars on your body a year like he does to try to age gracefully and maintain that production. He can still give you that production and he can still absolutely be one of the best players in the NBA on any given night. It's just how many nights is he going to be able to be out there to give you that? And I do think with the Lakers, one of the reasons that they won the championship in 2020 was because the pandemic hit. Everybody had a very long time off. That helped Anthony Davis. That helped that entire Lakers team rest. They come back and they're very fresh legged when they get to win a championship in a bubble environment. People always want to discredit that championship because of the bubble. I don't think it was the bubble that discredits it. I just think it was an interesting season because they got a lot of rest there before they tried to make a playoff run. And if they had gotten a lot of rest here, maybe it would be a different scenario and and rest as an entire team. But basically LeBron was supposed to get that rest, Harry. He was supposed to get that rest while AD went and shouldered that load and he can't get it because AD is out here taking so much rest because he's injured and I I understand that a lot of it's necessary rest for AD but I mean that's the reality of the situation and that's where the poor construction with this team is I don't think he's passed his championship window because that all depends on who's around him like he can still be that great he just needs somebody else there to carry the load and it can't be Anthony Davis because he can't be relied upon yeah and a guy like LeBron who has a very high IQ when it comes to the game of basketball always studying, always looking how he can be better and the team can be better. I, I, I can't put anything past him. I've seen it so too many times, entirely too many times. Um, had the luxury of seeing it up close when my brother was with him in Miami, man. And just, I tell you, he's one of my favorite, te- my brother's favorite teammates that he played with because of the, the attention to detail and the way he approached everything and the amount of money he spends on his body so he can try to be out there. But Moving forward, he cannot go at the pace. He can't be averaging 30 points a game, eight rebounds, six assists. I understand that's good, and those numbers look uh, very lux- uh, lu- luxurious, but he, he cannot go at that pace if this team wants to go far in, in the playoffs and compete for another championship because of the age that he is right now. Will LeBron win? Will, will Le, let me try that again. Will LeBron James rewind ever win another championship? Give us a call. Triple eight, say ESPN eight, 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 seven, two, nine, three, seven, seven, six. Coming up next, the all time NBA first and second European teams were announced. Harry and I disagree about one player on that list. That's next. This is ESPN radio. ESPN radio. Harry Douglas dancing on ESPN radio alongside Amber Wilson. We are going to get to the all time NBA first and second European teams that were just announced. We're going to get to that in a moment. Harry and I have a disagreement about those teams, but before we do, I had asked you before the break is LeBron James championship window closed. Dan, I hear that you are quite the famous sports radio caller in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. This is your first time calling a national show, so don't mess it up. Dan, is LeBron going to win another championship? Yes, for sure, but it's not going to be in L.A. Lakers. It's going to be in Cleveland. 
and here's why. He's I've sort of heard chatter about him going back there anyhow, but um, I mean it's just it makes sense because they're sort of stuck with the Russell Westbrook um, contract there in L.A. I don't see how they're going to get out of it. And Anthony Davis is just I don't know. He's a train wreck, and so he's got to get out of there one way or another. And he's good enough. He just averaged 30 points. He's way better than Kevin Durant. He's way better than Michael Jordan. And Jeff Turn here locally would be really happy with me because I'm telling you right now, he's the greatest player of all time. Don't underestimate this guy. He wiped out Kevin Durant when he was with Golden State. He'll do it again. He'll, I'm saying he'll go back to the East, and they can compete with Milwaukee. They're already in the playoffs. Can you imagine if you put LeBron on Cleveland's team tonight? If you put LeBron on Cleveland Cavaliers' team tonight, they would wipe out. Not only would they cover the nine and a half, they would wipe out the Brooklyn Nets. No Dan, problem. Dan, can I, ask you, can I ask you a question really quick, Dan? Can I ask you a question, Dan? He walked off. Dan's He's gone. gone. He He's walked gone. off. He dropped so, the mic. He walked off. Let me correct Dan for a second. The greatest player of all time never lost in the NBA Finals. I'm standing ten toes. Okay, we're not. But okay, but the great. Okay, we're going to go down a path with never lost in the finals. finals. Six and no in the finals. That's fine because he's only there six times. Listen, we're not going to have that conversation. The greatest player to ever play the game of basketball. We're going to table that conversation until July, and then we can have that conversation when things are a little bit slower. Now, because what I have on right now are damn Jordan shorts. What I have on my feet are Jordan shoes. I don't have nothing else on. I have Jordan shorts on, and I have Jordan shoes on my feet. I got a closet full of Jordans up there. Hold on, bosses. To be clear, Harry Douglas has other stuff on. (laughs) He does does have on other clothes. I see a shirt. Yeah, you're wearing a shirt. He is wearing a shirt. He is covered up. Everyone calm down. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. So to Dan's point, though, about LeBron winning another championship somewhere else, and and those rumors are out there with Cleveland. Fine. I think we just do that because LeBron's, I guess, always going back to Cleveland. The problem. The problem with it is how is he going to go back to Cleveland? So right now he's got one year left on his deal. I think a lot of us will know LeBron James's intentions based on whether he signs an extension or not. Because, yes, he could walk after this year and then see where he ends up. I'm not as convinced as Dan is that LeBron James walks on to that Cleveland Cavs team as, as surprising as they have been this season, and then they automatically win a championship. But that Cleveland Cavs team is very young. I do think, and we're hoping to have on Aaron Goldhammer on with us later in the show when I've spoken to Aaron before from ESPN Cleveland, he has told me that there is something special to the Cleveland Cavs fan about the possibility of getting it done without LeBron. And I do know as a Miami Heat fan, going back to the finals without LeBron was something special, even if LeBron, you know, ended up beating us in the finals. But it's something special kind of getting it done in a post-LeBron era. So I don't even know, frankly, if Cleveland wants LeBron back in the way that we this all is assume bullish. is my point. This but if you bullish. want to do it, if you want to do it before a year from now, then there's no possibility because you're talking about a trade. And if you're talking about a trade, which if I am the Lakers, I'm not letting LeBron just walk getting nothing in return for him. So, Hey, if you want to leave and go to Cleveland, like let's go ahead and trade you except for then we're going to get all of Cleveland's young assets in return. I think that's a great trade for the Lakers. I think that's a bad trade for the Cavs, frankly, because uh, then it would just be LeBron on the Cavs without any of that young talent around him, and he would need that young talent in order to be successful. So I got a question for you, Amber, really quick, okay? Go if on. LeBron was on the Miami Heat right now, would they be the favorite to come out the East? Yes, but I do think the Miami Heat are a different scenario. I, 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 I just need a yes or a no answer. Amber Wilson, if LeBron James was on the Cleveland Cavaliers right now, with all the players that they have? No. 
I don't. I don't think they'd be. The they favorite. wouldn't be the favorite to come out. I the don't. East? I don't think they would be. And I'm not oh, trying to. Goodness. I'm not trying to take with the healthy Jared Allen from with the Evan ca- Mobley. First of all, with a Karis is, a, is Jared Allen with a Darius Garland? With, is no, Jared Allen healthy? And also, some of those names you just threw out there. I mean, they are young enough to be LeBron James's kids, and that that's not necessarily. Anything? That's not necessarily a bad thing in terms of the future of Cleveland. I just think that that kind of inexperience right now and with it given the Cavs, very surprising rookie of the year. Fine. We can have all that conversation about Cleveland. I'm not trying to take anything away from what they accomplished, but I don't think if you put LeBron on that team, they automatically win, but also you can't put LeBron on that team as it's currently constructed. And I guess that's my point. Like if the Lakers were to trade LeBron, you mentioned the heat. I didn't want, I didn't bring up the heat. So let the nation note that, but you mentioned the heat there. And if he got traded to the heat, like the heat actually have assets. They could trade away no, in return. Talk about still roll out with their I'm main assets about the technicalities, and go win Amber. a championship. I'm not, no, I'm not talking about the technicalities. Just if you just put them on the team, do they come out the East? The Heat and the Cavs. Forget all the technical stuff that goes with it. Do they come out the East? <laughs> yes, they do. Or Both teams. Harry See, Douglas is just, playing NBA I'll, 2K over talk, here. I got to talk to Miami fans really quick and Cavaliers fans. It's funny how some of y'all could even let this, these words utter out of your mouth. We want it done without LeBron. See, but when he's there and he's winning you a title, oh, we love you, LeBron. We love you. But as yeah, soon as he goes, see if Harry, you get back are, there. See if Harry, you get back are, there. We are at a point. Well, first of all, we did get back there. Okay, believe that. Recognize okay, 305. My bad. So but see if also, you win it. See if you can win it. Because we see what happened also, in the championship in, in the finals. Uh, see if you can win it. Also, um, I, it's, I think with fans, I mean, we are at a point with Lakers fans where there's Lakers fans out there who have been calling our show talking about how they're done with this guy in LeBron James. Like, it's, we're done with it. We need to move on. We need to blow up the team and figure out a way to win championships. The LeBron effect is one that after four years, like LeBron's been with the Lakers, it can be daunting because you do sort of mortgage everything in order to win now. And it worked out, of course, for all three of the teams that he's been part of because they all got championships out of it. But they it can leave you decimated and it can leave you in a bad situation. And the Heat and now the Cavs have crawled out of that situation and there is something sort of special about that when the greatest player of your generation leaves your organization. All right, let's get to some more of your calls here. Sam is in Texas. Sam, is LeBron going to win another ship? Sam, you with us? Sam. All right, Sam, I'm punting on Sam. Let's go to Derek in Las Vegas. Is Vegas going to stand up and, and do better than Sam just did in Texas? Derek, what's up? Is LeBron going to wear, win another championship? You know, I think he might win another chip, but he's not going to do it in L.A. Um, I think a lot of people forgot earlier this year, LeBron came out and said that he wants to play a year with Bronny, or at least wants to play with his son. And I think that's going to be where his opportunity is going to be, at least for him and maybe another team, to win a championship. Because teams will draft the son in order to get the dad. And if you have a team like like maybe, I mean, because we're talking two years from now, because Lakers are probably going to go in another year with the same lineup. They really don't have much flexibility as far as to get rid of people other than Westbrook maybe with the cap. So you're going to see another year probably of the Lakers rolling out the same, you know, the same, the same show. But after that, I think it's going to be really up in the air. And you're going to have teams like maybe a Golden State, maybe like a Phoenix, teams that are able to compete that are already near where LeBron lives on the West Coast. LeBron's already said he would want to play with the Steph Curry. He would want to play with the Chris Paul. 
And you know what? These teams might actually have a chance of getting LeBron in the last year or two of his career just by drafting his son. Well, uh, Derek, and thank you for the call. I mean, first of all, none of those teams are going to be in a position to draft his son if, in fact, they are good. And if you're Bronny, you want to be in a position, (laughs) of course, where you're getting paid. And so, frankly, you're getting drafted by probably a not-so-good team in that scenario. So you're not going to end up on a team if you are drafted. I mean, this is all a pipe dream. And, frankly, I think LeBron is is helping his son's draft stock. And, of course, he's being a good dad in that regard. I mean, Bronny is in junior in high school, and he might end up being— being a phenomenal player, but right now he's not even a one and done guaranteed one and done kind of player. I mean, we don't know. I, he, he could end up being that of course, but this conversation is a couple years down the road. And then you're talking about LeBron James on the other side of 40. So asking him to end up on a team with Bronny. So Bronny gets drafted. Cause I think you all want your kid to get drafted, right? So Bronny gets drafted oh, yeah. and happens to go to a team that's in a position to win a championship. If in fact, LeBron joins it at over 40 years old, it sounds like a lot of fat Actors that would have to perfectly line up. And then he mentioned the Warriors, and it doesn't seem like Steph Curry wants to play with LeBron. Oh, that's what it sounds like to me. Steph Curry didn't remember him getting, <laughs> getting his shot blocked once or twice by LeBron, especially in the playoffs, and LeBron talking that noise to him. Oh, no, 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 no. Steph Curry said, I want to keep putting the dagger in you. The dagger. Coming up next, we will continue to get to your calls if you want to chime in on whether LeBron's championship window is closed. Give us a call, 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Coming up next, are the Cavs flying under the radar in tonight's game against the Net? We are going to hopefully ask Aaron Goldhammer when he joins us. This is ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. American will not win the NBA MVP award for four seasons in a row, Harry. That is the longest run in NBA history. And why is that so significant? Well, we know the three finalists this season are all foreign-born players in Jokic and Giannis and Joel Embiid. But it's so incredible when you think about in 2019, only four foreign players in NBA history had ever won the award, Harry. Olajuwon, Steve Nash, uh, Giannis. Who am I forgetting on that list? Uh, Somebody, somebody else. Who am I forgetting? Uh, Help me out. Uh, uh, Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki. That's who I'm forgetting on that list. Those were the only four national born or foreign players who had won the NBA MVP award. And now we're at a place where all three finalists are foreign born players. I mean, it's incredible because it shows the globalization of the game. It's something that the NBA prioritized back in the nineties. They set out a three prong strategy for the internationalization of the NBA back in the early nineties. There was only 21 international players. There was only 21 former players in the NBA. And now in 2022, we're at a place where all of our MVPs are, are foreign players. The NBA is doing a remarkable job globalizing the sport. And I think it's great for the game. Listen, if the last name uh, of a basketball player has a bitch on the end of it, he can shoot the basketball, he can play very well. Not to mention you have a lot of other guys who are from uh, different parts of the world coming over here and balling out. But those guys, I'll say this, they start basketball at a young age and playing professionally at a young age. You look at a Tony a Tony Parker, you look at a Luka Doncic, those type of players. And I think it's just how global the game has become. I think it's great for basketball because these guys are coming over here and they're balling out. And we love to see it in the NBA. Now you have so much parity amongst teams. Now you can have a, a, a not just – 
two teams in the East, two teams in the West just dominating. Now there's more parity across the league as well because of it. Yeah, it makes it makes everybody better because, of course, then there's more talent. There's a larger exactly. talent pool to choose from. So that's one way globalization of any sport is so helpful. And then, of course, another way is revenue because – What's happening then is there's a bunch of fans growing up in all of these other countries around the world. It's it's the culture of the sport becomes a phenomenon globally, and it just it lines the pockets of the NBA. It's what the NFL is trying to do as well with putting more games overseas. A lot of these sports see an opportunity here to increase the products that they're offering and also increase the eyeballs on their sport. And nobody has done that, I think, better right now than the NBA has done that. Just leaps and bounds here in terms of the globalization of the NBA. And it's not slowing down anytime soon. ESPN Radio. The NBA play-in tournament begins tonight. The Cavs will take on the Nets. It is a 7 p.m. tip-off, followed by the Clippers and the Timberwolves at 9.30 p.m. You're listening to ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. For all things Cleveland Cavaliers, we bring in our friend Aaron Goldhammer, of course, from ESPN Cleveland, also host of primetime here on ESPN Radio. And Aaron, great show. Two handsome hosts and one beautiful host. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, Harry obviously does that show if you didn't pick up what oh. I was putting down there uh, with Aaron. So, Aaron, let, let me start here because, you know, nothing says Cavs Nets tonight like talking about LeBron James. But last segment, we were having a conversation about LeBron where Harry Douglas was calling me crazy when I was trying to explain to him that there is something special about the Cavs being able to do this, being in a position for a postseason run post the LeBron James era, and that there's actually fans in Cleveland, because I know that this has been an experience in Miami as well, who would rather the Cavs do it without, that wouldn't necessarily want LeBron to come back and join this Cavs team one day. Am I crazy? Well, I mean, if LeBron wants to come back tonight to help us take take on KD and Kyrie, um, you know, he's welcome to come. We'd take him for this challenge. But, you know, guys, the Cavs haven't won a playoff series without LeBron since 1993. That's 29 years ago. 29 years. That's more than a generation. So, you know, I think the Cavs had to prove that they could exist as a franchise without LeBron because he's a non-renewable resource. He's not going to play forever whether he leaves in free agency or at some point decides to retire or isn't the same guy, at some point they're going to have to move on. And you look at what's happened to the Bulls, just as an example, since the last dance in the Jordan era. Uh, the Bulls have been pretty irrelevant. I got to say, they, they had the one year where Rose won the MVP. They have not been back to the NBA Finals since 1998. And so I think it's impressive that the Cavs in just four years have hit on some draft picks. They've gotten a little bit of lottery luck. And they've been able to rebuild to the point where they're playing in a real game of significance. It, it means something to Cavs fans that they are back on national TV tonight and that you're doing a segment with me not talking about Baker Mayfield or Deshaun Watson, that we're talking about the Cavs in 2022. Shout out to you, Aaron, fresh off the Masters this weekend. Hope you had a great trip. But I got to ask you about the game tonight between the Cavaliers and the Brooklyn Nets, who is going to cover Kevin Durant? 
<laughs> um, are you available? Uh, double team? I'm too, I'm too small. Look, I, I, <laughs> We're all too small. <laughs> is, is to- Douglas around? Can we sign him? Is he, is he going to be able to do it? Um, by the way, Harry, I am wearing my master's pullover right now. It is beautiful, and I haven't taken it off since I got back from Augusta. Um, and I, I, look, I think that it's going to be a tough cover. It's the toughest cover probably in sports. Um, the Cavs tried to guard Durant with Lori Markinen last Friday night. It did not go well. So I like playing Karis Levert on him a little bit more. And then I think you are going to see Evan Mobley, the rookie, who might win Rookie of the Year this year. He's 20 years old. Um, face that challenge. But I think the Cavs have to approach the game in a way that Durant's going to get his, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him get 40 tonight. But, you know, a couple weeks ago, the Hawks gave up 55 to Durant and still won. So I think the way you beat the Nets is by outscoring them, not necessarily holding Kevin Durant to 19 points. You mentioned Evan Mobley. That I would I would imagine that he will win Rookie of the Year. Obviously, a very fun young team there in Cleveland that seemingly has a very bright future and the same record as the Nets. Do you feel like they are uh, disrespected, so to speak, Aaron Goldhammer? I, or do Cavs fans feel disrespected here with all the attention being on the Nets? Cleveland feel disrespected? Never. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. I, I think that there is a little bit of that. Um, You know, what's happened with this team is they got off to an awesome start, you know, and at the all-star break, uh, there was talk about them competing to win a playoff series, not just a play in game. Uh, And then they had to deal with a bunch of injuries and they also had a bunch of young players just run into a wall, which is what happens when you got a bunch of 20 and 22 year olds as the best, best players on your team. Um, So, you know, I I think that uh, everybody in Cleveland has noted that there's just an assumption that the Nets are going to win this game tonight. I've seen some uh, series previews for Nets Celtics already. And I think the Cavs, you know, feel like they can win guys. The the Nets look impressive on paper because they have two big stars in Kyrie and KD, but they're not very good. I mean, they're just not like over the course of nine months. Now they've proven to be, an above average but not great team that is eminently beatable. So I understand why the Nets are favored in this game tonight. They're at home. They have Durant. But I don't know. I, I'm not I sure mean, I would star- say this is state complete. Yeah, we know. And sorry, Aaron, we're up against the clock. But yeah, we know stars rate, and that has everything to do why, of course, the Nets are getting all the attention. Again, Cavs-Nets tonight, 7 p.m. tip-off. Coming up next, the Clippers will likely put up a lot of points tonight, but can they actually defend enough to beat the Timberwolves? That's next. This is ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas.